0: morning my wife and I are having breakfast and this cricket starts chirping so I track it down because I hate noises like that and he had planted himself in the crack of the concrete step out back so I gave that thing a good kick and he stopped back to breakfast I went next morning we're eating breakfast and he starts all over again so I boiled some water I thought, I'm going to get him this time. And I poured that down in there and he stopped and thought, okay, praise the Lord, it worked. The third morning, we sit down to have breakfast and we're praying. And all of a sudden he starts while I'm in the middle of prayer. And I said, and Lord, yeah, go ahead. No, it's okay. I said, Lord, would you shut that thing up? Does anybody ever hear God talk to them? Raise your hand if you've heard God audibly say something to you. There's quite a few hands here. This is what I heard. He's praising my name. As sure as I'm standing here talking to you, he's praising my name. And I know it wasn't the devil, because the devil's not going to tell you to praise God, is he? He's praising my name, and immediately the cricket stopped. I hate crickets. I hate crickets. But it certainly changed my perspective whenever I hear one. And especially when I'm going through something, and then God will have a cricket start chirping. Play that one more time for me, Noden. Listen to this. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Do you hear it? Is that crazy? That's what I heard. I don't know what he's praising the Lord in cricket language, but... But amen. We're going to do something a little different. My, my title for the, today's, uh, today's devotion is Praising God. Because that's why we're here today, right? To lift up the name of Jesus. Put up Psalm 150 for me. We're going to read the whole thing through. Oh, don't be worried. It's short, folks. Let's read it together. Praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. That's where we are, right? Who's in the sanctuary? Us. Praise him in the mighty heavens. Who's in the mighty heavens? The angels. They're praising him. Praise him for his mighty works. Have we not seen it with our own eyes? If you've traveled the world, if you've only traveled Colorado, you've seen his mighty works. Praise his unequal greatness. He has no comparison. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. You guys aren't helping me. We better start right there. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments. And you can hear Pastor Jake playing. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Come on, give me some cymbals over there. Oh, come on, give me a clash of cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Come on. Praise the Lord. Come on, guys. See, I wanted to open this with this passage today because it teaches us why we have a reason to sing. We have a reason. We're instruments of praise. Yeah, that's an instrument. Jake's on an instrument. The piano, the keyboard are instruments. But do you know you're an instrument of praise? Your hands are an instrument of praise. Your voice is an instrument of praise. Uh, Some of you may not come to first service and you don't know who jumping Billy is, but Billy gets going. And man, he just starts jumping and he's running around the sanctuary. Look, let's just not let Billy get all the blessings. Y'all can do it too. Come on now. We do not sing songs. Because that's just what we do as a church tradition. We sing, the Bible commands us to worship Him. We sing because we have a reason to celebrate. See, I see these as celebration services. We sing to worship a risen Savior, a Savior who gave Himself and died on a cross. He rose again that we would have life and have it abundantly. A Savior who hung on a cross to say it is finished come on see and as he hung on that cross he took your sin he took my sin and he gave us what I always refer to as the great exchange because he was sinless and he was all righteousness and when he took our sin upon himself, he gave us his righteousness. We're the righteousness of Christ, right? All right, no one put up in my declaration if you would. Say this with me this morning. Lord, open my senses to your spirit as we worship you. Take me to a deeper place than I normally go on a Sunday morning. May your presence be evident and powerful as we come together in corporate worship. May my heart yearn to draw close to you through the message and through a supernatural understanding of who you are. Make my heart tender to you this day and this coming week in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Close your eyes. Let me pray over you. Father, thank you so much that we can come together for such a time as this, that we can join together arm in arm, hand in hand, spirit to spirit, Lord, confirming that you are the risen one, magnifying you for who you are. Bless your people. We ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come into this sanctuary. And God, from our own lips, may we bring praise to you bless your people this morning and father we ask a supernatural touch over pastor jake it's been a full morning already yet here he is he's doing lord what he's been called to do we ask that you would anoint him empower him god give him strength in his body flow through him like a conduit like water through a hose oh god and lord do something amazing and supernatural in jesus name amen and amen
1: amen good morning Thrive Church take a moment walk around say hello and then let's come back and worship
2: I wanna scream it out from every mountain top Cry
3: is He going to come through? And He always does. He always does. He always comes through. Um, Not only He only comes through, but He does it again and again and again. Come on, before you're seated, give the Lord a good praise offering. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love what Ian was saying at the beginning of the song. God will do it over and over and again in our life. Amen. So if God's been faithful to you, give him one more shout of praise. And before you're seated, I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you're here. Let them know, and you guys can be seated. you can be seated in God's house. Praise the Lord, I'm glad you guys are here. We'll turn on those lights and we'll uh, we'll get into God's business and we're uh, again, I'm Pastor Jake I'm one of the pastors here and Pastor Bo and Teresa, along with the team are in Ethiopia and we're going to share some some pictures in a video in a moment. But right now we're going to continue our worship as we give to the Lord. So thank you, church, for your faithfulness in giving. As the team prepares to receive the offering today, I'd like to share a uh, scripture. Go ahead and put that scripture up, Nodem. Here's our scripture that I want to share this morning. And it says this, The homes of the upright, how blessed! Their houses brim with wealth and a generosity that never runs dry. How many of you guys know that that's just, uh, that's a good word. That's a good scripture for us. The house of the righteous. We're trying to keep our house righteous, but Jill lives there. So you guys just need to pray. We're working on it. I'm just kidding. Jill's an angel. Jill's an angel. The rest of us, we need some prayer. But uh, this, just this last week, uh, Gavin, uh, I always talk about our kids, but he had like seven or eight kids show up at our doorstep Bunch of football players all hungry, and it was like the loaves and the and, and the loaves of bread and the fishes. We went to the cover and we said, "God, we need a miracle. We need you to help." So uh, it wasn't, you know, we didn't find our miracle in the pantry, but we called Domino's Pizza, and God, uh, God came through for us in, in that moment. They they ate every bit. All that pizza that filled up my back seat. And I, and I say this, what does it have to do with that verse? Look at that verse one more time. The homes of the upright, how blessed. Their houses brim with wealth and a generosity that never d- runs dry. So sometimes we tell our kids, hey, sometimes you can get the combo meal and sometimes it's the dollar menu. It just depends on what time of the month it is. You guys know what I'm talking about? But if I got a couple slices of bologna left over in my fridge, it can still be a, ho- a generosity that never runs dry. If I got baloney, you can have some of it. You can have all of it if it's baloney. You can have all of <laughs> it. But it's not how much you have. It's your heart concerning what you do have. And that's, what, that's part of what God counts as righteousness, to say, when you live for me and you serve me, your house is going to be brimming with a generosity that never runs dry. And you might say, I've had abundance and I, I'm in lack. Listen to this, church. Abundance and lack does never, affect, it never affects generosity. You didn't hear me today, but abundance or lack has no bearing on what generosity looks like. The widow who gave those those widow mites to the Lord and Jesus saw that. He said she gave more than anybody else because it's not about abundance or lack. It's about your heart. Amen. It's about some of you. You guys say, I remember times where I had a lot more than I do now, but you're still generous people because it's not about abundance or lack. It's about your heart in Jesus name. So whatever you have, you say, God, I just want to be generous. That generosity is never going to run dry in a home that is, just stands for God, a home that's righteous. And we're, and I, I wasn't kidding when I said it earlier. We're trying to be righteous at our house. Some days we have good days, other days not so good. We're working on it. But the more righteous you become, the more godly your home becomes, the more that generosity is just known in your community, on your street, and it's getting known at our house. People are like, we want to be over there. And just the other night, we sat around our our island and we just talked about life with a bunch of young people. They don't go to Thrive Church, but we are just a young man whose mom was recently died in the last year. And she plays football with Gavin. We were just ministering and just spending a couple hours in our kitchen. And that's part of generosity, too. It's not just pizza, although they come for the pizza. I'm not going to lie. They come for the pizza, but they stay for the love. And we just love on them. And we're not trying to, you know... We're not always trying to drag them to church or anything, but we want to show God's love in their life, and they keep coming back, amen? They keep coming back. So we're not patting ourselves on the back. We're saying, God, help us to be righteous. Help us to be upright, and uh, we have not seen, like Ian was saying earlier, we've not seen that generosity run dry in our home yet. Some days it's the combo meal. Some days it's the dollar menu. Other days it's even less than that. We're talking ramen days. You guys know what I'm talking about. But that generosity has never run dry. And it's not because of who we are. It's because of who he is. Abundance and lack has nothing to do with generosity. So thank you, church, for your generosity. Let's pray. Let's get the guy who's talking to to be quiet. Let's pray. Let's work on that. Lord, let's pray. Lord, we come to you and we ask you right now, God, as we give to you. We just thank you, God. And we ask you today to help us, Lord. Help us to be righteous. Help us to be upright. That's our prayer, God. We struggle, every single one of us. But we have found when we're righteous, when we're upright, our homes are affected. Our families are different. The people that we do life with see a generosity in us that doesn't come from us, but it comes from you. So we ask today as we give to take what's given. We ask you to take it. We ask you to bless it. We ask you to multiply it and to use it for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Church, please take a moment and watch these announcements.
0: Hey seniors 55 plus. Join us today for our monthly senior banquet at 12 30 p.m. It's a delicious meal that's prepared just for you. Plus it's free. So come out and enjoy the fellowship, friends, and food.
1: Vacation Bible School is a week filled with lots of fun activities for the kids. Bible lessons, games, and lunch are on the schedule every day, July 18th through the 22nd. The cost is $10 per child, and kids ages 6 through 12 are invited. Stop by the Children's Church today to register and for more information.
4: Join our Thrive Sunday Night family for an outreach celebration tonight at 6 p.m. This weekend, so many people heard the gospel and lives were changed during our annual Denver for Jesus outreach. Come hear testimonies of what God is doing in Denver and celebrate with us nursery care is provided and we'll enjoy a dessert fellowship after everyone is welcome boys and girls age 4 to 14 are invited to the annual tc soccer camp july 25th through the 29th meet us at kamanish park at 10 a.m each day to sharpen your ball skills and sportsmanship everyone will receive a soccer camp t-shirt and lunch will be served every day the best part is that it's free Make sure you let us know you're coming by signing up at the Guest Center no later than July 19th.
0: Are you looking for ways to enhance and heal your marriage? Make plans now to be part of Thrive Marriage Life Groups this summer. Stop by the Marriage Kiosk in the foyer for details on upcoming life group opportunities including groups for college-age couples considering marriage, newlyweds, and groups with topics that concern married couples today. Join a group and watch your marriage and love evolve into what Christ intended it to be.
1: Kids' summer activities continue with CIA, Christ in Action. Kids ages 10 and above are invited to come out for five days of fun with lifetime lessons, including how to pray, learning God's Word in a whole new way, and how to talk to friends about Jesus. CIA is August 1st through the 5th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Lunch is provided and we want your child to be there. Connect with Pastor Leonard and the Children's Church to sign up. Hello Thrive Church. Hello, we're so glad that you're here this morning. My name's Jill and I just want to welcome any of our first time visitors. Do we have anybody here for the first time? Thank you for being here. We welcome you. Thank you for being here. We just want to say thank you on a Sunday morning. We know there's lots of options and places you can go, but Thank you for coming to Thrive Church. This is really an awesome church, a great community. Um, Our senior pastors are out of town today, um, actually in our school in Ethiopia, but they are awesome. So you got to come back and hear them and uh, hear about what's going on in our school in Ethiopia. Um, They'll come back and give um, everything that's going on. We'll see a little bit, even a little today of what's going on, but we just come back, hear uh, everything that's going on there, and. hear from them and you will truly fall in love with the hearts and our hearts for the community here in federal heights but we welcome you and following this service if you go out to the welcome center in the back there's a gift for you out there so thank you for being here um
3: and enjoy the service amen that's my wife guys right there she uh She's pretty cool. I like her. She has not paid me to make these statements. They're of my own free will and volition. I love her, but you know, um, like with uh, any relationship or things we do in life, uh, things can get um, routine. And I, I kidna, I kidnapped my wife yesterday, and I said, and she is so, so inquisitive, so curious. Uh, I was like. I, I want you to run with me. She's like, where? Where are we going? What are we doing? Where are we going? I'm like, "Just we're just going to go somewhere. Where? Where are we going? I said, you're ruining the surprise. I want to take you somewhere. Where? How long we, What do I need to wear? Where are we going? I'm like, Jill. And her dad's here, but I always call her uh, guitarist, her maiden name when she's being spicy. For Guitaris, just trust. And I said, I want to take you up to, okay, fine. I'm going to tell you. I want to take you up to Esses Park just to spend some time together. And you would think she'd just like get hearts in her eyes, just like a cartoon. Like, oh, my my Prince Charming. Um, She said, no, we can't. We got so much going on. And we did have a lot going on. So much. Gavin's got to get here. And Emery's got to get here. And we got so much going on. And I'm going to give you a very spiritual word right now. Sometimes you got to ditch your kids. Sometimes you got to ditch those little people that look like you. Now, you got to be wise when you do it. they got to be old enough to take care of themselves or leave them with a responsible adult. But when they're little, you can't do that. You take them everywhere, and it's a nightmare. I get it. But when they're old, and our kids are older, I'm like, babe, they could take care of themselves. So we made some arrangements, and we went up. And at first, it was hard for us to settle in and relax because we're like, "Um, are the kids okay? Are they doing what they need to do? And finally, um, that lady held my hand as we were walking down, and we had some... uh, we had What was it? We had some fudge covered with uh, toffee and uh, caramel, and then the Lord just moved. Everything just got better from that moment. We had a wonderful meal. We sat down together, and we just looked at each other, and we were just uh, enjoying our time together. And we say that because intimacy takes intentionality. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? To be intimate and to and to to break the patterns and the mold of our schedules and our routines, it doesn't just, it never happens automatically. And I love this woman, I love this family, I love uh, I love these kids. But a lot of our day and a lot of our existence is just surviving and working and making sure your kids, you know, bathe. How many guys know that that's that's forty six percent of an adult's job is to make sure your kids wash themselves regularly? We're constantly doing those things. So being, uh, being. Um, intimate and just being intentional, it, it's its very hard to do. And I say all of that because what we're going to do right now in the service, it's the last Sunday of the month, which means we're going to observe the ordinance of, of communion, uh, the Lord's Supper. We're going to, we're going to partake in the Lord's Supper together and we're going to remember what God has done. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to take communion because it's, it's a date on a calendar or it's the last Sunday of the month. If we go through this routine the way we kind of do in life and in a marriage, then yeah, you'll take the cup and yeah, you'll take the bread and you'll say the prayer and it'll just be another thing in our lives. And this, look at that cross. This can't be another thing in our life we see it all the time and it becomes familiar that can't be another thing we have to connect with our Lord and Savior the way Jill and I were trying to be intentional and it it took a lot to get there we have to do that in church we have to say "All right, God in this moment it's all about you it's all about what happened so our team is going to come right now and uh, when you guys are ready you can serve the elements but I'm going to ask you guys to hold on to the elements until we pray together over those elements the cup and the bread so hold on to those and we'll pray in a moment but our Team is is uh, just coming, and whenever you guys are ready, go ahead and serve the elements to our our church family. But I want to read I want to read a scripture to you guys, and it's it, I was tempted to read just a small part of it, but I want to read the whole scripture. And it's the words of Jesus talking to his disciples. And go ahead and serve, uh, team. Go ahead and serve as I read the scripture. Hold on to the elements after we until we pray. But look at this scripture right now. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter eleven. And it's verses 23 through 28. But it says this in God's word. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The next verse says, In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And it says this, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now these are the two verses. I know they're passing out the elements, but these are the two verses. I, I was only going to read these two verses, but I wanted to read all those verses, all five verses. But these are the two verses that I really want to focus on. Verse 27 says this, It says, therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. Thank you. In an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. And it says this in verse 28 says this, but a man must examine himself. And in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So what I what we need to do, even though they're passing out the elements right now, they're passing out the little cups. And everyone's taking this bread, and we're, we're about to take of it together. Before we can take these elements together, before we can do what Scripture calls us to do, we have to look at verse 27 and verse 28. Verse 27 says that we cannot take of this in an unworthy manner. Church, do you guys know what God is talking about in that Scripture? And if you look at that cross, the best way I can explain it I know they're passing out the cups, but everyone try to look at the cross. You see that long vertical beam, that long beam in the middle, that vertical that beam, it's to remind us that we need to be first and foremost right with God. And then you see that horizontal beam, that's shorter and it's smaller. That means God wants us to be right with each other, church. And you'll never be right with each other, what, if you're not right with God. And when you think about the people in your life, and uh, our relationships and our family, or you think about your own life. I mean, we can't can't live in unity. We can't live in peace. We can't have strong marriages. We can't have godly homes. The first thing that we have to do is we have to be made right with God. And what what God doesn't want us to do is he doesn't want us to take communion right now in an unworthy manner. So it says in verse 28 that each one of us needs to examine our own hearts. What that means is we're just gonna get right with God. And as you get right with God, we also need to get right with each other. And there's been times where Jill and I, during communion, we've had to whisper to each other, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're so crazy to me. No, I'm just kidding. We say, I'm sorry. I was, I was, I was acting like a fool. I'm sorry. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to, we're, we're, we who are unworthy, we're trying to take communion in a worthy manner. We're trying to say, God, I'm not right with you. And because I'm not right with you, I'm not right with anybody else in my life i not right with my wife, my kids. I'm not right with my church family. I'm not right with the guy who cut me off on I-25, wouldn't let me merge to get to church. I'm not right with anybody. And the only way we can get right is to get right with God. Church, are you with me today? And what's powerful is the scripture says to examine your own heart. Nobody can examine your heart for you. No priest, no pastor, no spouse, no parent, no sibling, no friend. Nobody can examine your heart for them. Only you know where you are with God today. And that's what this opportunity is right now. So before we take and we pray over the elements... We've got to take care of business, and I. And normally we do an altar call at the end of service when you've heard a wonderful, hopefully a powerful message, but we cannot take of the cup if we're not right with God, and part of being right with God is saying, God, forgive me of my sins, and giving the opportunity, if there's anyone away from God, to pray a prayer of salvation, even right here during communion. How many of you guys believe that we can take care of business, and just, and just ask that? So what you're not going to do is you're not going to stand, and you're not going to raise your hand, but I want to give the opportunity, if you're in this room today, and you know you're not right with God. I think over 90% of you in this room probably know you're right with God. You're a Christian. You've prayed a prayer of faith. But you know what? We don't want to take that chance if there's anyone here today. And I need to mention this. If you're a guest here at Thrive Church and you're wondering, can I be part of this? Can I take communion here? Absolutely, because you're part of the family of God. This is an open communion available to anybody and to everyone, and we invite you into this. The only thing we ask is that we do it scripturally and make sure we don't take it in an unworthy manner. So if there's anyone here today who's not right with God, and the way we evaluate that is to say, if we were to take our last breath, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're saved and that you're a Christian and that your Lamb is written, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? If you don't know that, the only way to know that for sure is to take a moment right now and to pray that prayer, a prayer of salvation church, you believe it's okay we can do that before we pray over the elements and take communion together? I believe that pleases the heart of God. And w- preachers, we like to do altar calls at the end of services when we've preached and you've heard a great sermon. But this is important that we do it now and we give that opportunity. So the truth is just so simple. If you don't know if you're a Christian and you'd like to be a Christian, all you have to do is say a prayer of faith and ask Jesus to forgive you. And I'm going to ask everybody in this place today, as you hold the elements, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to stand or come forward. But I'm going to ask everyone in this place today to repeat this prayer after me. And if that's you and you say, I'm praying this prayer because I need to be right with God, then that's, that, that, Then you're, you're away from God and you're going to be reconciled with the Lord. You're going to be forgiven and you're going to be saved. And I just want everyone just to bow your hearts right now. And we're going to pray a prayer of salvation. So I just ask everyone in this place to repeat after me and to say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Jesus, I need you. I'm lost without you. I believe you died for me so that I could have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me, for setting me free. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now I'm going to pray. We're going to pray over the elements. I want you to take the bread right now, and I'm going to come down here and pray. Let's hold the bread together and let's pray. Lord, this bread represents your body and your body your body that was bruised and broken for us. We thank you, God, that we have healing. And even though the word says outwardly we're wasting away, though inwardly we're being renewed daily because of who you are, we thank you for that, Lord. But this body that was broken for us, Lord, there are people in this room today that need a touch of God in their body. They need healing. There are people who need healing in their body. And there are people who need healings in their mind and in their hearts and their emotions. And they've gone through terrible, terrible things, God. As we partake of this, God, we believe and we confess that your body that was given for us, God, can heal us and mend us and make us whole today. Not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally and even mentally, Lord God. So as we take this to We follow your commandment in your word to remember you and what you've done for us and to remember your body that was broken and bruised for our sin, for our iniquity and for our healing. So today, God, we thank you, God, from the very bottom of our heart, God, for your sacrifice and for your love for us, Lord. And we ask you to take this. And we, as we take it together, God, we commit, God, to not go through the motions, but to remember, God, and to do this fully engaged right now. We thank you, God, for the sacrifice of your body. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Take, let's take the body together, the bread. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, let's hold the cup together. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you as we look at Scripture and we realize that this cup represents the blood that was shed for us, the blood of the Lamb. And without that shed blood, there is no forgiveness of sin, Lord. There's no atonement for us. This blood... It helps wash away our sin, and it gives us, it grants us access that we didn't have before, Lord. The veil was torn and ripped in two from top to bottom. We can now be reconciled with you, God, through your son, Jesus, because he shed his blood. And God, we don't take that lightly. It's not just something we celebrate when Easter comes around, but every time we remember, every time we look upon the cross, and we think about the blood that was shed for us, we realize that you're both our high priest, and you're the perfect Lamb of God, all in one, Lord. We thank you, Lord, today. We don't have to go to a church or a a person and have animals' blood be shed or do any of the things that we read about. We can just do this in this moment and say, God, we recognize the gift of the blood of Jesus, what it represents in our life, God. And that we are forgiven and we are set free, Lord. We are reconciled with you. And there's power in the blood. There's healing in the blood. There's salvation in the blood of the Lamb. And today, God, we will not forget your sacrifice. Not only will we cherish it and honor it and remember it, we'll tell others about what this blood has done for our lives. So we thank you, God. As we take the cup, of, uh, as we take the cup together, God, we remember your sacrifice. And we just thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we take this together church let's take of the cup. Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. Now church you can pass those cups to the closest aisle and our team will help retrieve those cups. but how many of you guys are grateful for what the sacrifice that we have through Jesus and through the cross? Just an awesome time an awesome time where we just say, Lord help us not, Help us not go through the motions. Help us just, help us really do our best, God. And and there's a few things that we want to mention right now, and we've said this before in the other service, and you probably saw the, um, the announcements, but today is the, the last day where we're we're registering kids for kids camp. And it's a hundred dollar cost. And what's beautiful is we have money set aside for scholarships. If you have a kid that's going into the uh, grades three through six coming this fall, we have amazing summer camp uh, called Camp Golden Bell right outside of Sedalia that for four days, Pastor Linda and Teresa, they're going to take them in July. And today's the the last day, and if you don't have the money, or or you're concerned about that, or you want more information, we encourage you to go downstairs and talk to our children's pastors, and get registered, or let them know, I would love to have one of those scholarships, and if you'd like to scholarship a kid, um, we've done that before in the past too, where we're just working together as a body of Christ, so don't forget that announcement, we want to make sure our kids, our youth kids, our children's kids, we want to make sure that they're hearing the gospel, and that they're having incredible times, and they're being together, so get behind that, and support that, amen, and with all that going on, I want show you a couple pictures. Uh, This is our team, and they got there, and as soon as they got there, they they put them to work. It's not a vacation. They said, grab this stuff. We're going to start painting walls, and uh, that's our team uh, working, and they're just taking care of some of our classrooms, and they're painting. Look at them. They all look so happy and so joyful. It's amazing, Um, and we got some young people there. There's Art. There's Bobby, uh, and they're just taking care of our campus, and it's just amazing to see them working, um, we actually have a few short videos and I want to show you, um, a video of Pastor Teresa. This is at another church, but Pastor Teresa, whenever she's involved, she just, she kind of, she takes over in the best possible way. She doesn't speak American, but that does not stop her. That's the language they speak in Ethiopia. And, uh, this is a beautiful church where they got connected and she's, she's directing a song. I want you guys to take a moment and just listen to this quick, uh, short video clip. It's awesome. One more quick video from Pastor Bo. And I know the videos are poor resolution, but that's them sending it like where they are, and they can't connect to Wi-Fi and things like that. So the video is a little rough, but you can hear their voices good. Here's Pastor Bo. Watch this quick this clip. Is,
5: this is Pastor. The church here, we always come here when we visit Deborah behind And so this is Pastor. And right now what's going on behind us is Children's Sunday School. And Pastor allowed us... You just saw a video of our team doing motions with the song. The pastor was telling me that that song says that our that our Lord is more than enough. Yeah, Our God is more than enough, so big. And isn't it like our theme this year at right, Church? We're thinking of increase. We've been preaching on increase. We've been praying for increase. And we pray for increase on our pastor, increase of the anointing, amen. Increase of God's love and the increase of reaching souls in this area. So pastor, thank you thank for letting us interrupt the, the teaching today, but I wanted to say good morning to all Thrive Church Teresa is actually videotaping so you can't see her right now But we're all doing good and thank you for all of your prayers Thrive Church for what we're doing in Deborah Brahan We love you all more. God bless you. you
3: Amen, isn't it good to see our pastors? And they might get a chance to watch this, so everyone turn back towards the camera and and just let them know that we love them, and we also love everybody that's uh, watching as well too, so... Well, what a blessing to have technology and people who are able to tune in. We have people who watch us from all over the world, and we can see the analytics and to see where people are tuning and it 's amazing so even our team, if they get a chance they 're going to uh, check in on us and, and and see us so we love you we 're praying for you and we 're so glad the rest of you are online watching with us and we 're so grateful for you here today and I think we've taken care of everything all of the all of the the, the issues and the announcements and all that. Now we're going to spend a few more uh, moments in God's word. I hope you guys are excited um, to hear from God's word today church i I mean that's why we come to church we come for fellowship we come for worship we come to serve we come to give but we also come to honor god's word and one of my favorite verses is in james that we are not just hearers of the word but we're doers of the word it's so hard to hear the word just in the first place but to be able to hear it and to be able to do it that's always our prayer for thrive church so let's just pray real quick for the message you can remain seated but let's pray right now and ask God to help us. God, we come to you, Lord, for the next few moments. And we've worshiped today and we just see our team in Ethiopia around the world just doing what you've called us to do, Lord. But in this moment right now, God, we pray that your word would get a hold of our hearts, Lord, that you would speak to us today, Lord. And that every single person in here, it's it's not a man, it's not a woman, it's a person, but we realize, God, that it's it's you, God, using us as vessels to speak through us, God, and speak to us, Lord. So that's my prayer today, Lord, that whatever we need to hear, you would help us, God. You would allow us to hear what we need to hear and that we not just hear it, but ultimately do it and put it in practice. I pray that we leave here encouraged and strengthened and filled with hope and purpose, Lord, today. We love you and we thank you. Speak to our hearts and change our lives forever. In your name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. So, so church, this for the next few moments, we're going to get into God's word, and I have a message. But I'm going to be honest: the message that I knew I was going to preach today, um, over the la- over this last week, God was beginning to speak to my heart, and He says, "I know you've got a nice little sermon you've put together, but be prepared because you're not going to you're not going to speak on what you had planned." And it was a good one. I don't know if I'll ever preach it. It's a good one. It's it's sitting in my computer and up in the cloud somewhere. But God bless it wherever it is. And God says, you're not going to preach that one. And I just, so I, don't, I don't always struggle, uh, Betsy, but Jill watched me. I was just really struggling. And part of why I'm struggling is because when you watch what's going on around us, we are living in historical times, church. We're living in historical times. As a matter of fact, we're living in what what the Bible describes as the end days, the last days. And you might say, how can we know when Christ is coming back? Because that's what we believe theologically is, is, is the blessed hope that, that, that the Lord will come back. And, and it may happen at any moment. It may happen in our lifetime. Or, or the Lord may tarry. We're not sure. But I know this. With every passing day, we're getting closer to the rapture of the church, the return of Christ. With every passing day. That's that's Matthew mathematically sound you can just take that to the bank you're getting closer and it's and I'm gonna tell you this things are not getting better They're getting worse. Amen and with a landmark, uh, you know, uh, with, with the Supreme Court and what's, what's happening in the news. And it's not just that in the last few days, but I mean, the violence and the school shootings and the opioid and fentanyl epidemic and then COVID the last few years. And just it feels like things have always been some form of crazy, but it feels like the last few years have just been insane. Am I right, church? Things just feel like. Just like, like, like almost like biblical times, like, Lord, what is going on? So this week, you know, pastors, we don't watch the news to try to get a sermon title or headline. But we, we ask God with everything going on, Lord, I don't want to get up and share a message I've prepared. Lord, what would you speak to the church? And I'll say this as we watch things and we take a hold of things. It's our job as shepherds to try to correct and love and and not beat the sheep, but try to teach and help uh, help the church be who God has called us to be. Amen. And I was watching, and of course, with what happened with um, Roe versus Wade and the Supreme Court, and and everything that's taken place, um, man. Whether it's in person, whether it's protest, or whether it's online, I saw two. Um, I saw two posts on social media that I thought were just remarkable. And it was two people who were completely opposed to each other, politically and spiritually. The first person posted something like this. I'm paraphrasing. I was going to show it, but I thought that's probably not wise. Nobody needs to know who it is. But the first person said this. They said, if you don't agree with me, go ahead and unfriend me. And it was in in relationship to everything that's going on and, and all that kind of stuff. And then probably about four or five posts down from that, I saw the same exact message from somebody on the other side of the issue, almost verbatim, word for word. If you're a friend of mine and you don't, you don't agree with what I agree with, you can unfollow, you can unfriend me, you can get out of my life. And I was so heartbroken over that because I kind of saw that I know we're not going to, I know we're not going to see eye to eye in life. But I also know that the enemy gets joy when he could take a bad situation and make it so much more worse. And he can come in and, and, and we need to, you need to know in this place that we celebrate life and we celebrate God's word and the truth of God's word. All of these things we truly do. But at the same time, if we allow the enemy to take a bad situation and make it infinitely worse, how many guys know that that's the enemy's agenda to come steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to give life and life more abundantly. He has come to do that. So as I, I see Christians, I see Christians gloating I see Christians kind of like um, angry. I see, I see Christians doing things that Christians shouldn't do, even though they believe the right thing. And even though they stand for righteousness, the behavior of some Christians are abhorrent in the eyes of God. Really is. And, and is it, I was going to say, is it okay to say that? But I don't care if you think it's okay or not, because in God's heart, he's saying you need to say that. He said, you left your other sermon in the cloud. Leave it there. But here's a new sermon from the cloud, and it's not the cloud from Microsoft or from wherever those clouds come from, but this cloud from, comes from God. He's like, no, you've got to tell the people that if they're not acting right, they better get their hearts right because you can be on the right side of the issue and have the wrong heart, church. You really can, and that's what we're going to talk about today, because I'm sitting here like, God, what in the world do you want me to share? And he says, if you just try, I will help you with the truth I want to give today, but it's not going to be easy. I said, God, I don't want to preach a sermon that that you're not interested in being a a part of. You're not speaking to me and through me. I just, what do you want to share? And God says, this is the word I have for the church today. So if you're taking notes, today's message is so simple. It's simply called Defending Jesus. Defending Jesus, if you're taking notes, defending Jesus. And with that being said, you know, I've really found, I was like, all right, God, so, so, there, there's a lot going on in the news, and sometimes it feels like, uh, you know, that, that churches and Christians, that the, the world is just in complete opposition to what we believe and what God's word says. And it's, it's I just preached in Sunday school about the opposition we face constantly, the opposition that quickly becomes persecution. How many of you guys know that that's, that's just the reality of something we face? We're living in difficult times. And I'm like, all right, God, I see Christians who are really struggling there. It used to be just kind of like you live in this country, you serve God, you kind of live a quiet life. Nobody really everything can kind of go somewhat smooth to, to a certain degree. It used to be somewhat like that. Pastors used to be respected in the community. Churches used to be institutions that would help people, and, and but it's not that anymore. It's We live in a very different time in a very different world. So I was like, all right, God, defending Jesus, what what do we do? And, and God said, you know, there are people, he, he spoke to my heart, he says, there's all kinds of people, and there's all kinds of Christians, but there's two groups I'm really the most concerned about. I said, who are they? And God said, I'm concerned about the cold, and I'm concerned about people who need to be on hold. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Who are the cold? He says, there are Christians who have been too quiet, too complicit, too silent, have not done enough. There, sometimes it's, it's, maybe it's fear, maybe it's intrepidation, maybe it's hesitation. He's like, but, but we need to understand that in the church that we will be accountable, we'll be held accountable for things that we should have done that we did not do with our lifetime. We'll stand before God, and God will say, you know what? If you were a Christian that lived a cold life, and you didn't do what I enabled you to do, what I called you to do, what I equipped you to do, you didn't do that, you're going to be held accountable. How many guys know that that's true? I'm like, God. So you have the people who are the cold. Is that a, 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 are you trying to, you know, disparage somebody? Are you trying to make fun of people? I'm not. God said, they're they're the cold, and then there are those who, who need to be put on hold. Now, the people who need to be put on hold, they're not cold. They're full of fire, brimstone, passion, zeal. And they are just on the front lines of life and they are filled with a sense of purpose and urgency. God says that's wonderful. But the problem is, is when we act out of order or we don't follow the Holy Spirit and we don't do things the way God would have us to do that. Sometimes these people who aren't cold, but they're also not on hold. They're acting out and they're speaking out on behalf of God and his kingdom in ways that are not pleasing to the heart of God. And like a general that stands with an army and he's telling them, hold, hold, hold. When you don't follow the commander and you don't listen to the authority in your life that's been established and you just act out and you say, well, I'm right. I'm here to tell you today that just because you believe you're right doesn't mean you're righteous. There are people who are on the right side of issues. They biblically believe. But you know what? I'm here to tell you today that those who need to be on hold and don't follow God and speak out and act out, I'm here to tell you today that the fruits of the Spirit are just as important as as the gifts of the Spirit. And kindness still matters in the eyes of God, church. Kindness still matters. Gentleness is still part of God's agenda in this world that we live in. I'm not gentle. You don't understand. You don't understand what that's saying. No, you don't understand that sometimes we need to, not sometimes, all times, we need to be on hold. We need to be following God's directives. Church, would you agree with that? So for the people who are cold and you're like, maybe we're not doing enough. I pray this message reaches you. There's no sermon. There's no service that's going to do the work, but only God himself can convict you. And you examine your own heart like we talked about during communion. You say, God, if I'm not doing what you've called me to do, then I've wasted my life. I've missed my purpose. And I got to give you this first truth right now. Look at this church because I'm not, you're probably wondering, where is he going with this message? Where is he going? Just let God speak to you today. But I'm here to tell you that we need to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to stand for truth. We need to preach the truth unapologetically, church. How many guys believe that's true? there's far too many churches far too many pastors far too many preachers far too many pulpits well you'll come to church and they're interested in what came in in the offering play what what kind of attendance do we have and they'll tell you five steps to have a better marriage a, a better way to be improved as a parent how to have a better life and it's a lot of motivational talk and it's all wonderful but if your church is not telling you that there's a heaven that's prepared for a prepared people and that there's an eternal separation from God and that God is holy and he requires his people to be holy I am holy therefore you be holy Holy, if you don't have a church that's preaching the truth, then you're in trouble. And I'm here to tell you today, our church preaches the truth. They don't want to get into it. They don't want to talk about sin and the problem of sin. They don't want to, maybe, maybe they'll get into political issues, but the Bible says that judgment comes first to the house of God. So they don't want to, they don't want to talk about the, the difficult things, the problems, and, and the shortcomings of the church and the things that need to be corrected and talked about and addressed within the church. Or they just don't want to talk about anything meaningful. They just, you know, it's it's just a feel good club and it's a it's a it's a social club, and that can't be the church of the living God. That's not what God has called us to be. So here at Thrive Church, we are committed to to preaching the gospel, and this is something I can't get around. This is something that I wish it were different, but it's not different. But the first truth I have for you today is just the simple truth: the gospel is offensive. Put it up. The gospel is offensive. The gospel is offensive. The truth is offensive. And I'm like, God, is there any way? And God says, you better not change. You better not. You, you, not, not one jot or tittle. Not one, not one word or letter. You better not change the word of God. The word of God is offensive. Who is it offensive to? The world that is, lives in direct opposition to it. The Bible says that, that the world is in darkness and that the light can't understand the darkness. And that what we believe the world calls is foolish. How many guys know that the world will never just naturally accept and embrace the gospel? Because, the, because everything opposite of the truth is opposed to the truth. And the, the world is just opposed to the gospel. It's opposed to the truth. They're never going to listen to it and say, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I subscribe to that. I believe in that. So I'm like, God, is, is the gospel offensive? And I, I hate to say it, but the gospel is offensive to those who live according to their own flesh and their own will. And there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can do about this offensive gospel. How many guys believe we shouldn't change it? We shouldn't soften it? We shouldn't try to reinterpret it or rebrand it? There's nothing wrong with it. It's timeless. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're called to preach the word of God. Amen? So the gospel by itself is offensive. Offensive to who? This world that we live in. It's offensive to this world that we live in. It makes it so hard. Our mission is to live the gospel, is to preach the gospel, and we're already at odds because what fellowship does light have with darkness? The gospel's offensive. Here's what's really crazy look at the scripture. It's in Mark. It's in Mark. Put it up, guys. Mark 16, verse 15 says this Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he said to them, Go into all the world and what church? Preach the gospel to all creation. So that first group of Christians, that's cold. I, you know what? I, I, I'm tempted. I'm like, man, I know the gospel is offensive. I know that people don't want to hear it. I know that. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, God, it's difficult. It's the gospel. gospel. And God says, you know what? It is not, um, it, it is a requirement, it is a mandate, it is a commandment. Go to, into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. It's not a suggestion. It's a mandate from God. It's called the Great Commission, and it comes from our commander. And there's a lot of cold Christians who's not been doing what God has called us to do, and we'll have to answer for that. We'll have to answer for that. We'll say, God, I had the truth. I had the light, but a light cannot be hidden under a bushel. And if I didn't do what I was supposed to, God, will I have to stand before you and answer for that? What's the answer, church? It is. What do we do with this offensive gospel? How do we how do we handle it? Because it is offensive by nature. According to what what fellowship does light have with darkness? The world doesn't understand it. The world doesn't value it. You guys understand what I'm saying? So this is a scripture that has helped me so much. It's so tremendous. We know that the gospel, first and foremost, is offensive. We know that God has called us to preach that gospel to all the world, to all creation. But look at this verse right here. This is so powerful. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, and it says this. It says, always being, prayer, being prepared to what, church? Make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And here it is right here. Yet do it how? with gentleness and respect. With gentleness and respect. You see, everybody knows preach the gospel to all creation, but I wonder how many Christians really know about this, this verse in First Peter chapter 3, verse 15. And here's the thing, is with all these things that are happening in the news cycle, everything that's happening, I see a lot of Christians that uh, they have no problem with an offensive gospel. But what they struggle with is being held back and saying, okay, I need to do it with gentleness and respect. God's word doesn't teach that. God's word doesn't say I need to do it that way. And I'm here today to tell you that God's word absolutely tells us that the fruits of the Spirit are important to him. That God wants us to take this offensive gospel and to share it in a way that's godly to the lost. So how do you take an offensive gospel and you share it? There's only one word that helps us, and it's that word love. It's that word love. It's all of the fruits of the Spirit. All those nine fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, you can go, you can study all the nine fruits of the Spirit, say love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all these things we need to have in our life. It's very important when you carry an offensive gospel. So God God needs to get a hold of the cold Christians because we'll stand before God not only for what we did do in life, but we'll stand before God for what we didn't do, church for what we didn't say, for the light we kept to ourselves. The bushel that you can't even see in your life. God's saying, we got to get that bushel off you because a sitting on a hill cannot be hidden. That light has to dispel darkness. And you're like, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm timid, I'm shy. Whatever our reasons are, I have excuses, I'm busy. Whatever our reasons are, those reasons won't hold up when we stand before God on the day of judgment. The gospel must be preached. So we've established the gospel must be preached and the gospel is offensive. But here's that third point. It's got to be shared with gentleness and with respect. How many guys believe the church is missing it? A lot of people in the church is missing it. And I say that. Where's the gentleness? Where's the respect? People are like, I don't have to do that. Where where in the Bible says I have to do that? Where in the Bible, if, if if I can prophesy and I have, if I can fathom all mystery and knowledge, where in the Bible does it say that I have to have love? Well, you know where it says in the Bible that if you fail to do that, you're like a clashing gong or clanging cymbal. That if you give your body and all you possess to the flames and you have not love, the Bible says not only do you have nothing, but you are nothing in the eyes of God. Love's not important. Let me tell you, love is paramount. When you have a gospel that's offensive and you have the mandate to preach that gospel everywhere to everyone, then love and gentleness and faithfulness and respect is important, church. It's important. And that's one of the biggest things we're missing in the church today. You think you can be right. But without having the fruits of the Spirit, you'll never be righteous, Church. You'll never be righteous. It's so I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know God. I don't know where we are. I'm almost done. That's the good news. I'm almost done. You're about to eat. I don't know what else to tell you. We're about to land this this turkey. We're coming in. I don't know where you are. I know in my life, I I I was. Uh, I'm I'm kind of more of the the former, and I was a lot of the latter. And I say the latter, I was so, uh, and I still am this way. But it reminds me of Peter in the Bible. I was so quick to fly off the handle. Um, before I served God, I was very opinionated and very just rash and just 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 not considerate. And that was my temperament. That was my personality. Jill will tell you it's still that way in many ways, from time to time. Stubborn. Opin- honestly. And then as I've served God, I become more of this this more quieter, more reserved, more like, all right, God, you're changing me, to the point where it could be detrimental, where I can get too cold in my life, and like, I'm in danger of, of hiding my light under a bushel, and not being, I've, I've gone so far from one side to the other, where it's like, okay, but you're a preacher, you're a pastor, you speak every week, and I do, and all that, but I'm talking about in the real world, I struggle with getting a little cold, and saying, God, you know what, I, I know the gospel's offensive, and I, I love people, and I, in the past, I was so crazy to fly off the handle, and just say, whatever came to my mind. To whoever was in, my, in front of my face, I would just say and do whatever, and I'm changing. That's, God says that's wonderful, but there's a sweet spot in the middle where you can be loving and still preach an offensive gospel. And I'm like, all right, God. I know I know that I'm kind of on, on this side, and I need to come where I'm not afraid of the gospel, and it's, it's the gospel. God has called us to preach the gospel everywhere to everyone. Amen? And the gospel by itself, without adding or changing anything to it, is very offensive. What does the life have to do with darkness? Can't even understand it. So that's offensive. But here I am over here. I used to be more this way. I say more this way. These are people who are like Peter, who just fly off the handle. Can I share you a quick... I just got one more scripture to share with you guys. One more quick story, and it's about Peter. And here's the understanding Peter's uh, Jesus has already been with the disciples what we just celebrated with communion in the upper room they just had um, that 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 last supper together they were together and they're in the gospel or they're they're in the, they go to this place called the garden and it's a secret place that nobody knows about only Jesus shared the secret location with his disciples but we know that Judas left that dinner and he ran out and he went and he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and here's Jesus with his disciples and all he wants to do is pray and uh, deal with that cup that God has given him. And he's like, I want you to pray with me. You guys remember that time in the garden. And then Judas shows up with all of those armed guards, those soldiers. He shows up with them. And there's no way that he could have found them unless he knows their secret place where they go and they pray. And that's where Judas leads the soldiers. And he goes up to Jesus and he kisses Jesus. And Jesus knows exactly what's going on. But the disciples are agitated. The disciples are not sure what to do and how to respond in that moment. And that's that. That's where we find ourselves when we pick up in Scripture in Luke 22. And again, I'm almost done, but I want you to look at this. Luke 22. Go ahead. Put it up, guys. Luke 22 says this in verse 49 through 51. It says, when the other disciples saw what was about to happen, I just painted the picture for you. Judas has kissed Jesus. He's brought the, the, the soldiers there. When the disciples see what's about to happen, this, is, this part always gets me. They exclaim, Lord, should we fight? And I love this phrase right here. We brought the swords. Everyone say, we brought the swords. Christians are really good about bringing the swords. You know what I'm talking about? Lord, should we fight? We brought the swords. And look at this. And one of them, and we know this in John chapter 18. We know it was Peter. We even know the name of the servant of the high priest, which was Malchus. We find that in John 18. But right here in Luke 22, it says this. It says, and one of them, which is Peter, struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his right ear. So you guys, what just happened? What, what took place? Lord, should we fight? We brought the swords. And then before anything can happen, ears are already falling off. Have you ever seen those tense scenes where you have two groups of people pointing guns at each other? It's like a standoff. That's kind of what's happening here. It's like, Lord, should we fight? We brought the swords. And before the Lord can even answer that question, you got Peter chopping off Malchus's ear. Right like that. So sudden. What does that have to do with today? I think you know what it has to do today. Someone say, we brought the swords. Should make t-shirts. We brought the swords. We're ready. i got to share this quick. Now, now, we're going to take a commercial. Everyone stay with me. We're going to take a commercial. This is an Old Testament commercial. Before King David was King David, he was just David. And he had killed Goliath, and he was a, a mighty man of valor, and he was running for his life for over a decade from the first king of Israel, which was King Saul. He was jealous with he was was jealous with uh, he was mad with jealousy towards David, and King Saul was pursuing David out in the hillside, and David was not king at that time. He was just he was on his own and he had left the kingdom, and now he has these mighty men who are with him, and Saul is pursuing them, and Saul wants to kill David because the gifting in his life, and God had chosen David over King Saul. So King Saul is trying to kill David, and they're out on the countryside, and then and then Saul is sleeping and his his uh, his His guard is surrounding him in a circle. And David says, I need someone to go with me on a midnight mission. I'm paraphrasing, but this is the gist of what David said. I need someone to go with me. And there was a man with all of these mighty men of valor. Um, They all had a sense of where David was going and what he wanted to do. And there was only one person who responded that I'll go with you. And his name was Abishai. Everyone say Abishai. His name means a gift or a gift from my father, Abishai. And Abishai says, I'll go with you. Ooh, I get goosebumps every time I think about it. David says, come on, Abishai. You're my gift. And he goes, and they find God had put King Saul and his army sleeping around him, his guard, in a deep sleep. And they go in through the ranks, and they break that circle quietly, and they go, and they see uh, King Saul lying on the ground. A king sleeping on the ground, but they see the spear next to King King Saul's spear, his own spear, uh, punctured in the ground, sticking up from the ground right next to King Saul. And guess what Abishai says to David, just the two of them on this mission? Abishai said, "Do you guys do you guys know this story? It's one of my favorite stories." Abishai says the king David. He says, "They're probably whispering. This is my moment." I'm paraphrasing, but he does say this. He says, "He says, let me pin his head to the ground with his own spear. I shall not miss." And how many of you guys know that? That's pretty. We call that nowadays ride or die. You guys know what I'm talking about? Who's your ride or die? Who would you call if you had to go on a mission like David? Some of us have some ride or die people. Abishai was, was David's ride or die. And he's like, I, I will take his own spirit and I'll pin his head to the ground. And I won't miss. That's a dude who doesn't care when all the guards wake up. That's a dude who's like, I, and then we're going to be in the middle of something. It's going to happen. But that's, that's my gift, Abishai. That's, what, that's, that's why you called me. That's why I came. Let me do that. How many guys want to know what King David said to him? Not King David. He's not King David yet. David, who's running for his life from King Saul, said, we must not touch the Lord's anointed. We won't do it this way. And Abishai's like, but that's my gift. That's, that's, I'm paraphrasing, but that's the heart of Abishai. You want someone in your life that'll pin somebody else's head to the ground with their own spirit. How many guys know that's a ride or die? We want that kind of loyalty. We want that kind of ferociousness. We want the kind of people, I've said this before, but I don't want anyone to pray for me who won't fight for me. You kind of want that. You want that. That's what Jesus was looking for in the garden, going back to the garden. How many guys like that little commercial? Now we're back in the garden. What garden? Olive garden. We're all family here. (laughs) We're back in the garden. Jesus is looking for some Abishai, some ride or dies. He's like, do you need us to pin heads to the ground? No, I need you to stay awake and pray. Different kind of request. But he's still looking for that. Who's got my back? Who's with me? I need you to pray right now because I'm going through the most difficult thing that nobody in mankind will ever understand, this cup that I, that I have to carry. I just need you praying with me. The three and a half years I've given you, I just need people awake and praying for me, just interceding, just being there, and they're all sleeping. How many guys are hearing what I'm talking about? I just need you in this garden with me that nobody knows about except for Judas who brought this armed guard, and they had an Abishai spirit where they're like, we brought the swords. How many guys, everyone say, we brought the swords? So what do they say? They said, Lord, shall we fight? We brought the swords. The rest of the scripture says this. Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. No more of this. So what was the question? Lord, shall we fight? What a stupid thing to say. We brought the swords. You don't think Jesus knows they have swords? That's an Abishai mentality like, I got your back. See, they were willing to fight for him, but they weren't willing to pray for him. You guys hear what I'm saying? But their heart was coming from an Abishai gift of like, I, this, I, I'll throw down. Let's go. Let's go. Lord, should we fight? We got the swords. And before the Lord can answer, ears are already hitting the ground. And who was it? John 18 says it was Peter who cut off Malchus's ear. So Jesus, like a bunch of kids rowdy in the backseat, he says, no more of this. This is not what we're doing. Now you tell me how that's relevant to the world that we're living in today and the kingdom of God. We've got those who are on cold, those who are cold, and those who need to be on hold, but have an Abishai spirit. How many of you guys love that Abishai spirit? I do. I want Abishais in my corner. Who's coming with me? It's midnight. We're going, and it's a suicide mission. Who's going with me? You want to know who'll go with you in the darkest places? Who has your back? But you also want to know that that person's going to listen and not do something foolish or stupid. So we have a bunch of Christians who are cold. We got a bunch of Christians that need to be on hold, but are just. They're just jumping the gun. Church, are you getting anything from this? Did Jesus say, you know what? Start, start, just start lopping off body parts. Let's start there. Did Jesus say that? Did Jesus have a chance or a moment to even answer? It's just like you see in movies. That first shot fired and then there was a melee and then Jesus jumped in the middle and said, no more of this and starts healing and putting ears back on people. We're really good about being abishized, but we're not very good about being spirit led. So my question is, is where are we at as a church? I see a lot of Abishai's. I see a lot of people who are reckless. A lot of Peter's, I should say. A lot of people who've got this mentality. They don't know they're saying it, but what they're really saying is, we brought the swords. We brought the swords. What do you need me to do? And they're already doing it, not even consulting with God's answer. Now, if God tells you to, to get to work, if God says, roll up your sleeves, get after it, how many guys know we better be prepared to fight and do battle? There might be a time where God says that, and I'm being I'm being for real when I say that. But if you move ahead of God, if you move ahead of your godly authority, how many guys know we've missed it all together? That's what I see. I see people who are cold and people who need to be on hold. And I'm I, Ian. If you can come, I'm going to wrap up the service right now. I just I want to close with a couple thoughts. I want to close with a couple thoughts, church. I just this is not a message that I really had a a, a lot of time to prepare or a lot of time to really. Um, to really process the way I normally do and pray over it. And God says, this is what I want to share because there are people who are far too cold. They need to realize they got to preach the gospel and that gospel is offensive. But if they don't do what I've called them to do, then they're going to displease my heart and the day of judgment comes. And we guys know that that's a very real possibility. Some of us are too cold and we got to get after it. And some of us are like Peter with an Abishai spirit where we're jumping the gun and God says, I need those people to learn to live on hold. I need those people. And I wonder, I had so many people coming up to me crying after the first service. A lot of people in this camp said, I've missed it. I've totally missed it. How many guys believe that God's grace is powerful? God's grace can help us. You want that, Abishai. You want that mentality. You want somebody who's going to lay down their life and just go after it. But if we're doing it the wrong way, are we helping the cause or are we hurting it? Church, are you guys getting anything today? Are you hearing my heart today? Are we helping the cause or are we hurting it? How many times did Peter interfere? How many times did Peter get ahead of God with the right heart? I want to be your Abishai. How many times did Peter miss it? Countless times. And yet in Acts chapter 5, we read that Peter became Cephas, the rock, and he later changed. And he wasn't so, uh, uh, we got the swords. And then he started at at a certain time of day, they would line up the sick because Peter would walk by and his shadow would heal those who were sick. And he wasn't chopping ears off in the first century church. He was being restrained and held back and followed the heart of God. And it was completely a, a change in Peter's life. So he's not the villain of the story. He's just a lot like us. He's, like, he's the person that, that says, we brought the swords. What do you want me to do, God? Who, who, whose ear do you want me to chop off? And God says, hold on, hold on. You guys need to hold and you guys are too cold. How many you guys are hearing that, that we got to figure out where we are in this whole thing. Can I give you a few truths and then we'll close and we'll, we'll pray? Listen to this. Look at this truth right here. It's easier to cut off ears than to listen to God. What does that mean to you, church? We brought the swords. What do you want us to do, God? And before God can answer, the swords are already out and they're flying. And we think that we're serving God and His purpose And we're doing it righteously. We got that Abishai mentality. It's easier to cut off ears than it is to listen to God. Is that speaking to anyone's heart today? What if they would have listened to God? Do you think it would have blessed Jesus' heart to know that they're willing to take up arms for his life? It would have blessed his heart. He, he would love to know that his guys would lay down his li- their lives for him, that they had that Abishite spirit. But it, it didn't make ba- matters better. It made matters worse. And Jesus has to start healing people who are about to take him to go, go be beaten at Caiaphas' house. He's like, let me heal him. And let me tell you guys, put the swords away no more. Basically, he's saying, everyone follow me. Everyone follow me. You're doing too much. You guys need to be on hold. So it's easier to cut off ears than it is to listen to God. And There's people in this room who've been cutting off ears and you're celebrating it and you're high-fiving other Peters and other Abishais. And it's wrong, church. And I can't tell you that I could just preach the word today. It's wrong. Holy Spirit, help us understand what you'd have us to do. Another truth I have for you is just this. And it's what I just said. We need to be spirit-filled and spirit-led, church. We need to be spirit-filled and spirit-led. How do we hear the voice of God? God has given us this wonderful comforter, this wonderful helper, the paraclete, the, the person of the Holy Spirit that comes and tells us. And we're so passionate. We brought the swords. We'll, cho- we'll pin heads to the ground. We'll chop off ears. What do you need us to do? When you're spirit-filled and your spirit-led, you'll know exactly what to do. You're on hold. You're ready to go. You're ready to serve God. But you're listening for the directive of God's voice in your life and how God would have you to do it. Remember in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, we have to, we have to, we have to be prepared to defend Jesus, to defend Jesus, but to do it the right way. Put that graphic up, Norton. We want to be like the Secret Service. Look at that guy. How many guys want to defend your faith, and you want to do it the right way? You want to be like professional, like, I got you, God. I'm I'm professional. Well, we're not very professional, church. We're chopping off ears. We're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. We want to be that guy, and God said, this is the best way I can explain it to you guys, and this is my last statement, my last truth, I hope this makes sense to everybody. We want to defend Jesus, defend Jesus, but listen to this. Look at this last truth. This is so powerful. You are God's witness, not his attorney. I just want that to sit in your heart for a second. You are God's witness, not his attorney. So God didn't hire you or compel you to go defend him like an attorney would, because that's what these guys are trying to do. I'll take care of this. I got this. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not my attorney. You're my witness. We all want to be God's attorney, but very few of us want to be his witness. What does it mean to be a witness for God? To say what he wants us to say. The truth. What are witnesses supposed to tell? The truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. So help me, God. How many of you guys want to be a witness for God? We want to be a witness, but we confuse that and we conflate that with being an attorney. Like, I'll take care of this, God. Because I got... You're, Please don't be my attorney. How many you guys know you're the last person that God would pick to be his attorney? And so am I. He's like, no, no, no. When you're my attorney, everything is bad and I have to heal people's ears. It's terrible. Slow your roll, Jake. You're not my attorney. You're not even bringing me sandwiches at this point. I can't, tr- you just calm down. But what I need you to be is my witness. And when called upon to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me, God. God, what are you going to help me with? Saying the truth in love, speaking the truth in love, with grace, with respect, with gentleness. And if God calls me into the battle, I better be prepared to take arms. How many guys know that I'm nothing more than a witness? We are nothing more than a witness. But how many guys know that's one of the hardest places to be because we got that Abishai spirit? Some of you guys are so hot and on fire, so zealous, but you're trying to be God's, You know, public defendant You're trying to defend Jesus And he says, I don't need you to defend me I need you to be my witness You don't need to defend me You just need to be my witness And some of us are doing a poor job Being the witness, we're too cold So whether you're too cold Or you need to be on hold It's only the, the Holy Spirit that can help us Recognize where we are today Who we are today And you can give the Lord a praise offering, that's fine I have an idea where I'm at even though I'm a pastor, even though I preach, I have an idea. I'm like, God, you know, there are times where I fly off the handle. There are times where I try to publicly defend you, but I'm not your attorney. You haven't called me to defend you. Defending Jesus, I actually i am just your witness. God, help me to be the witness you've called me to be. Bring that fire up in my life. How many of you guys want to be on fire for God? You want to have an Abishai spirit match with the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Boy, that is a that is a that is a an incredible. Godly combo to have an abishai spirit filled with the fruits of the spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control, and still wanting to pin the enemy's head to the ground. Say, Do you, do you, we brought the swords. How many guys know <laughs> it's nice to have those people, those ride or die? How many guys want to be God's ride or die? God, I, and you'll say that, God, I brought the swords, and He's like, I know, I know where the swords are, calm down. If I need the sword, I know who to call on We brought the swords I need you to be my witness I need you to witness with the fruits of the spirit So that's the message for today Is where we are in that process And this is what I'm going to ask you to do We already prayed a prayer of salvation during the time of communion So I'm just going to ask everyone today To stand to your feet as we close the service Just stand to your feet And I want you just to slip up both hands You don't have to do it But just as a sign of surrender just like that statement said that we need to be spirit-filled and spirit-led, I'm just gonna ask you today, without raising your hand, without coming forward, if God has spoken to your heart, if you're a little too cold, Pastor Jay can't fire you up, nobody can fire you up, but if you want God, to ignite that fire. If you want to have a little bit more of an Abishai spirit, only God can do that. If you've been cold and you don't want your days to pass by and stand before God and said, I should have done more. I didn't do enough. I was afraid of an offensive gospel and I was, I had all these reasons why I could have done more and I missed it, Lord, and I'm sorry. Today's the day to repent and say, God, I'm willing to be your witness. God, get me on fire. Help me to do more. And if that's you, we're going to pray in a moment. And if you're also over here and you're saying, I got an Abishai spirit God I brought the swords Lord I'm so reactive to what's happening around me but I need to be wise I need to be restrained God help me to live on hold help me to hold back help me to only do what you direct me to do help me to only say what you call me say if that's you and you've been missing it then God is gracious to you he wants that Abishai heart he wants that Abishai spirit but he wants to make sure that you're his witness not his defender And no matter where you are today, all we can do is pray and ask for God's help. And if that's you today, you don't have to repeat this prayer. But just stand with me as we close in prayer. And just agree with me today. Lord, we come to you, God, to close this wonderful time together, this service. We know that we're all missing it, God. We know that sometimes we're too cold and we're not not letting our light shine. We know there's a bushel that sometimes we don't see and it's affecting us we don't want to stand before you and know we didn't do enough we are called to preach the gospel to the world God to every creation Lord we are called to do that and we've missed it God ignite the fire God in our lives help us Lord those who are cold spiritually let us not be ashamed of an offensive gospel Lord let us be your witness the way you've called us to and for those of us who have done done too much and been too extra Lord God our hearts are in the right place but we've missed it God And we've done more damage sometimes than good in your name for your kingdom, God. We repent of that, Lord. We ask you to fill us with your spirit, God, to lead us by your spirit, to live on whole, to have our eyes so rigid upon you to say, what would you have me to do? I don't need to defend you, but I need to be your witness. There are people in this room that are willing to go to the darkest places on behalf of you with an Abishai heart. But, God, we got to do it the right way. Help us, Lord, those who are right on the edge, Lord. Those who have brought the swords. Those who are ready. Those who say and do so much, God. We don't want to do anything outside of your will. Help us, God, to be who you've called us to be. Help us to follow you. All we can do is, Holy Spirit, ask you to fill us and to lead us. And if we do that, God. Lord, I know you're going to be pleased. I know you can trust us, Lord God. We can't defend you. We're not your attorney, but we're called to be your witness. So help every single one of us as we close, God. God, to say the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And we ask for your help, God, to do it as we leave this place today. Thank you, God. You're a loving God. You're a kind God. You're a good God in our lives. And with the days we have left, I pray that we would please you so that when we see you face to face, we hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. God, we thank you, God. In your name we pray, amen. Church, give the Lord an awesome praise offering. Thank you so much for coming to God's house today. We love you guys. God bless. Don't forget we have the the senior banquet right now following after this service at 1230. So 55 and older, we have a wonderful meal for you. Thank you so much for coming to God's house.
6: There's no hesitation In your love and affection It's the sweetest of all It was amazing guys, thank y'all.